America, my country, my home, blessed by God and protected by his hand, a nation unified in its diversity, rich in its heritage and committed to freedom. But have we forgotten what it means to be one nation under God? Have we neglected the blessings of liberty that only he can provide? Have we forsaken his word, his way? If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Second Chronicles 7, 14. celebrate America not only as a land of freedom, but as a land of opportunity. We all enjoy the freedom to live and to move as we please. And we all enjoy the opportunity to see our dreams come true. But with these liberties come great responsibility, the responsibility to pause, to remember, to give thanks to the one from whom all blessings flow. God of our fathers, it's your hand that has led us in the past and by your grace, you'll guide us in the days to come. Refresh us, renew us, strengthen our nation to the honor and glory of your name. Lead on, O King Eternal. Amen.
If you have your Bibles, please open to Revelation chapter 22 this morning. The last chapter in the Bible. So we look at the last verses in the Bible. Revelation chapter 22. Where I grew up, the local FM radio station uh, played country music. Uh, but each weekday, a local Baptist pastor... Uh, had a program that came on in the midst of all the commercials and all the country music. Uh, He had a program that came on, had very distinctive uh, opening music. You knew it was coming on. And his show always ended the same uh, each and every day. And I remember as a boy uh, growing up, as we would be in the car, whatever, listening to uh, the FM station there, his closing words were always these, keep looking up, Jesus could come today. Keep looking up. Jesus could come today. And then we're back into George Strait or you know, whoever it was or commercial. But keep looking up. Jesus is coming today. And beloved, that was true uh, all those years ago. And that's still true today. Jesus could come today. He could come today. But I wonder if we really, really believe it. Are we really convinced that Jesus Christ could come back today? He could. He might. We uh, might not make it out of this service before he comes to take us home. And so we pray even so come, uh, Lord Jesus. Well, believe it or not, we've made it to the end of our study of the book of Revelation. Some of you were doubting. You thought we'd never see this day. But here we are. uh, The very last message in this particular study of uh, Revelation. Uh, The last chapter, the last verses. And I hope you're finding your place there. Uh, If you haven't already, Revelation chapter 22. Uh, Now, while you find your spot there, allow me to to say that if you've been with us throughout this study, I hope you have a better understanding of the book of Revelation. I hope you have a better understanding of the end times and the glory that awaits those of us who know the Lord Jesus Christ. But above all that, I hope you understand and you're convinced and you've got nailed down the fact that Jesus is. Is coming again. And if I've done my job in unpacking the book for you and helping all of us to understand it, then you know that. And I want you to know that, that Jesus is coming again. But even more, Jesus wants you to know that. He wants you to know that He's coming again. Three times in these closing verses, the, the, the Lord Jesus here mentions that He's coming again. Glance at Him quickly. If you have a red letter Bible, Uh, They probably jump out of this passage amidst all the black print. You see those red verses glaring out. Three times Jesus says, I'm coming. Verse 7, behold, I'm coming quickly. Verse 12, and behold, I am coming quickly. Verse 20, surely I am coming quickly. Now, beloved, when Jesus Christ says something, do you think it's important? Yeah, if Jesus says something, you better listen. It's important. The Lord Jesus Christ has spoken. If he repeats the same thing twice, do you think it's important? Yeah. Well, listen, here he doesn't just say it once. He doesn't say it just twice. He emphasized the fact that he's coming three times. In fact, his last words recorded here in the Bible, uh, there in verse number 20, the last words of the Lord Jesus Christ quoted here in Revelation chapter 22, verse 20, as it's inspired by God, the Holy Spirit, the last words of Jesus Christ say there what? Surely I am coming quickly, quickly, not just I'm coming, but I'm coming quickly. 
Now, some want to tone that down and they say, well, listen, what that really means is when he says quickly there, what he's meaning is that once the end time events start and they begin, they're going to happen real quickly. And there's an element of truth to that. Yes, there are a lot of things that are going to transpire quite rapidly. But I believe what it says. Jesus Christ there uh, says, I'm coming and I'm coming quickly. But then say, well, preacher, it's been so long. I mean, 2000 years is is a long time and year after year and and day after day and week after week and month after month. And I remember as a boy or a girl growing up and the preacher said Jesus is coming back and the Sunday school teacher said Jesus is coming back. And here we are. It's so long of a time in thousands of years. Yes, it's a long time to us. But remember what the Bible says in Second Peter three, eight. Notice it there. But beloved, do not forget this one thing. That with the Lord one day is how long? A thousand years. And a thousand years is one day. You see, God uses his calendar, not ours. And when you use God's calendar, it's only been a couple of days. You say, well, why has it been so long to us? Then why does it? Why the delay? Why not come already? Why not have already come? Well, look at what it says in the next verse. After he says that one day is a thousand years, a thousand years a day. He says in verse nine, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise as some count slackness, but is what? Long-suffering. Long-suffering toward us. Why? Not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And so the Lord Jesus Christ is delayed because He wants men and women and boys and girls and teenagers and all to come to repentance, to come to saving faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Make no mistake, the Lord Jesus is coming again. And the Bible says He's coming soon. In fact, the very uh, book of Revelation began way back in Revelation 1.1, the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave to him to show his servants things which must shortly take place. So it begins with that, that note. These things are going to shortly take place. And it ends here with the Lord Jesus Christ saying, surely I am coming quickly. Well, you've seen this chart several times. We've been looking at it since we started studying back in chapter four. And hopefully if you've been with us throughout the study, this chart sort of makes sense to you now. You can make heads or tails of it. Real quickly, I'll walk you through it again. We have the Old Testament times before the cross. You have the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. You have the empty tomb. And we're living right now in the church age. And the next great event on the calendar, the prophetic calendar, is the rapture of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's going to come back. We're going to meet him in the air. Those of us who know him, the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive remain shall be called up with them. And so we're looking for the rapture. And then that, that, that ushers in maybe a brief time of preparation, but seven years of hell on earth. The three and a half, the first three and a half years, not as bad as the latter three and a half years, but hell on earth, if you will, tribulation time. And then there's the literal second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Where he'll set up his kingdom. There'll be a millennial rule of the Lord Jesus Christ for a thousand years. Then we have the end of that and we have the dealing with Satan and, and so forth and the great white throne judgment. And then we have eternity and we're looking forward to eternity. So we know the second coming of Christ really has two phases. The first phase is the rapture. We go up to meet him. He doesn't set foot on the earth. We meet him in the clouds and the air. But then seven years later, he comes back and we come with him. And so the next event we're looking forward to as a church, as believers, is the rapture. And we're looking for the rapture. We're looking for the Lord Jesus Christ to come again. And it could be today. It could be tomorrow. It could be next uh, year. It could be a hundred years from now. 
Could be a thousand years from now. No man knows the hour. No man knows the day. If somebody tells you they have the date, they're a false prophet. Uh, don't believe them. Don't listen to them. They'll discount what they say. But here we are. We're here. And so the big question, we realize that Jesus is coming again. He's coming quickly. The big question upon at least my mind and maybe your mind today is this. What do we do while we wait? I mean, we know the Lord Jesus Christ is coming again. But what do we do in the meantime? Because he hasn't come yet. And we're still here and, and we're still living and God has left us here. And I think that's an important question. Now, by the way, how many of you like to wait? Nobody likes to wait. We don't want to wait. And if we do have to wait, we're going to occupy ourselves doing something. Well, we're waiting for the Lord's return. Even so come Lord Jesus. But I want to share with you this morning from this passage, Revelation 22. I want to share with you four things to do while you wait, while we wait for the Lord Jesus Christ to return. Four things to do while you wait for the Lord's return. So uh, we're not just to do nothing. So what do we do while we're waiting? We're looking for his return. Even so come Lord Jesus could be today. But in the meantime, what do we do? Well, first of all, we watch. We watch. The Lord is coming again. He's made it perfectly clear. Look at verse six in Revelation 22, verses six and seven. Then he said to me, John writes, these words are faithful and true. And the Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angel to show his servants the things which must shortly take place. Verse seven. Behold, I am coming quickly. Blessed is he who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. So he says there in verse number six, these things are going to shortly take place. Verse seven. Behold, I'm coming quickly. Verse 12. I'm coming quickly. Verse 20. I'm coming quickly. And these things it says are faithful and true. These words are faithful and true. You can count them. You can depend on them. In fact, he's so serious. God is so serious about the truth revealed in this book. Drop down to verse 18 and 19. Look at it with me. Verse 18 and 19. The Bible says, for I testify to everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book. If anyone adds to these things, God will add to him the plagues that are written in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part from the book of life, from the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. Now, I'm talking about you're talking about serious here. God says, listen, you don't tamper with this book. You don't tamper with revelation. And I think it applies to all of God's work because all of it is inspired. That it will be applicable to all of it. But God says specifically here, if you mess with this book, I'm going to give the plates that are in this book to you. Or I'm going to take your name uh, away from the book of life. You say, preacher, how would all that work and who would that be? I don't know and I don't care to find out. I'm not going to tamper with it. I'm not going to mess with it. And that doesn't mean that if you don't understand something or there's a disagreement as far as a particular interpretation in some minor area, that means that you're trying to mar and tamper with and change the message of this book. Because why? This is the revelation of Jesus Christ. We've made that point throughout. Now, Jesus is coming again. And while we're waiting, we should be watching. Matthew 25, 13 says, watch, therefore, for you do not not for, you know, neither the day nor the hour in which the son of man is coming. Now, please understand the watching we're talking about here. We're saying you're watching for him. It's not passive. It's active. 
It's an active watching. We'll see that as we move along today. But what I mean here is, is when I say we're to watch, it doesn't mean we're to sell everything and, and get some white robes and climb up on some mountain and sing, Kumbaya, my Lord. That's not the watching I'm talking about here. When it says watch, therefore. Um, when I say we need to be watching for his return, I'm not talking about the fact we always need to be looking up at the sky and craning our neck and looking up. Now, I'll be honest, I do that sometimes. Do you ever do that? You look up and you see maybe a, an awesome display of God's creation or lightning and you're hearing the thunder and, or you see a beautiful and you think one day Jesus is coming. Now, this watching I'm talking about when I say watch here, the Bible says watch. It's living with the reality. It's living with the remembrance that Jesus Christ is coming again. We're watching for his return. We're remembering that. We're looking for that. We're living with that reality evident in our lives. We realize this is not all there is and and this life is not always going to go on. And and we're watching for the Lord to return again. Would our lives be any different if we were to live day in and day out with the truth upon our hearts and our minds that Jesus Christ could come today? Would our lives be any different? I believe it would be. I've already shared 2 Peter 2 verses 8 and 9. But just listen to the, the next several verses there. Just listen. Second Peter three ten. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in them will be burned up. So we're seeing uh, the new heavens and new earth. But listen to verse 11 of second Peter three. Therefore. Therefore, so you already we already told it uh, days is a thousand years, a thousand years a day. And then you're told, well, the Lord is is is, is long suffering, wants everybody to come to repentance. He says that he's going to come as a thief in the night. Verse 11. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness looking for? There it is. Watching, looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be dissolved, being on fire and the elements will melt with a fervent heat. And so if we need to live day in and day out as believers, watching, looking for, remembering, living with the reality that Jesus Christ is coming again. And it could be today. And I don't know about you, but if Jesus Christ is coming and it could be today, I don't want to be found doing anything that I'd be ashamed of at his coming. And I don't want to be anywhere I ought not to be and doing things I ought not to be doing or saying things or whatever when I realize that Jesus Christ could catch me up at that very moment to be with him forever. You see, the truth of the Lord's return can be correcting. It can be convicting. It can be comforting in our day to day Christian life to realize that he can come again today. Uh, You ever wanted him to come? You're in the dentist chair about to drill your mouth. <laughs> Even so, come, Lord Jesus. You're on the operating table. They're about to put you under. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. You're watching a loved one die. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. See, it can be a comforting thing. It can be a convicting thing. I, I don't want to. It can be a correcting thing. While you wait, beloved, watch. Look for him. He's coming. Secondly, while you wait, worship. Worship. I want you to see it in the passage. Look at verses eight and nine. Now, I, John, saw and heard these things. And when I heard and saw. Reading in verse eight. 
Now I, John, saw and heard these things. And when I heard and saw, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel who showed me these things. Then he said to me, see that you do not do that. For I am your fellow servant and of your brethren, the prophets and of those who keep the words of this book. And then what does he say in the next two words? Worship God. Worship God. Now, I pointed out many times this is the revelation of Jesus Christ. And John, the apostle, bless his heart. I believe here again he's overcome. Now, remember, we've been reading things that have blown our minds. And he's seen these things. He, he's experienced these things. And I think he's overwhelmed again. And he falls down at the feet of the angel to worship. And the angel quickly corrects him and says, listen, don't worship me. Worship God. By the way, we're doing a study right now. We just started this past Wednesday on angels. And angels, true angels, do not desire worship for themselves. They deflect and reflect worship to God. And I'd invite you to come join us for that study. But, but as we draw closer and closer to the Lord's return, as the days get darker and darker, and we're seeing things in our world that we probably never thought we'd see in our own country. We never thought. I'm seeing things going in churches. I never thought. And as days become darker, as we look around all the craziness going on in our world, I mean, things just crazy. The temptation to spend more time worrying than worshiping. But I want to encourage all of us to reverse that. Don't worry, worship. Get your eyes off of all the craziness going on in the sin and all that's going on in our nation, our world, and turn your attention to the Lord. What we need to do is worship rather than worry. To turn our gaze from the problems and what's going on around us to the God who is above all. God alone. And bring glory to him. So while you wait, while you wait, watch, worship. But I said there were four of them. You ready for number three? Number three is witness. Witness. Now, because Jesus is coming again soon, we need to be sharing the gospel like never before. Look at verse 10. And he said to me, John writing, he said to me, do not seal the words of the prophecy of this book. Don't seal it. Don't keep it. Don't hide it. For the time is at hand. Verse 11. He who is unjust, let him be unjust still. He who is filthy, let him be filthy still. He who is righteous, let him be righteous still. He who is holy, let him be holy still. Now, verse 11 might confuse you, but please don't let it confuse you. Understand the time to repent The time to get right with the Lord is now. There's coming a day when it's going to be too late. Those who reject the Lord Jesus Christ will remain in their lost condition, permanently fixed in that nature forever. The unjust will be unjust still. The filthy will be filthy still. And those who trust the Lord Jesus Christ, the righteous, those who received his righteousness, they will be righteous still. And of course, those who are holy will be holy still. Now is not the time. Uh, to reject the Lord. Now it's time to receive him. Today's the day of salvation. Today's the day to respond to him in faith. There's coming a day where it's going to be too late. Look at verse 14. Blessed are those who do his commandments, that they might have the right to the tree of life and may enter through the gates into the city. But outside of the city, you know, we looked at the, the New Jerusalem, that glorious city the other week. But outside are dogs and, and sorcerers and, and sexually immoral and murderers and idolaters and whoever loves and practices a lie. Not those who maybe did it one time, 
Maybe they fell into sin, but those that was their lifestyle. They never changed. They never received Christ. Their nature was this way. They were murderers and idolaters and, and, and liars. And that was their ongoing choice in life. See, Jesus longs to save these people. He longs to save all people. But we must repent and believe. Look at verse 16. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you these things of the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David. In other words, he's the root. He's the source. But he's also uh, uh, one that came out of, of David's line, offspring of David. I'm the bright and morning star. And the spirit and the bride say, come. And let him who hears say, come. And listen, look at the last part. And let him who thirsts come. Whoever desires, whoever desires, let him take the water of life freely. He invites those who desire the water of life, those who desire salvation, those who desire the Lord just to come and drink freely. Whosoever will may come. Beloved, what our world needs is Jesus. Our nation needs Jesus. We need a revival. We need an awakening. We need people who are more concerned about being biblically correct than politically correct. We need people that would understand that are so busy being offended by everything and everyone to understand that they have offended a righteous, holy God. We need to share the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. We need to talk about and clearly talk about sin and judgment and hell and then talk about mercy and grace and heaven. The Lord Jesus Christ. And while we're at it, I need to ask you, have you been born again? Because all have sinned. Everybody. All of us have sinned. I've sinned. You've sinned. We've all sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. But God has grace and, and mercy and love sent Christ to die for us. And if we turn from our sin and, and place our faith in Christ and, and confess to the Savior and Lord, He will forgive us. And I invite you to Him today. While we're waiting, we're here to witness. Uh, the Lord, that, that's our job. We're to witness. There's a lot of things we ought to do. We bring glory to God and honor God. and We do all kinds of things. But beloved, let's never forget that we are here as ambassadors of Christ. We're here to witness to the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, we better hurry. We said while we're waiting, we need to watch. Need to worship. Need to witness. You ready for number four? I don't know if you are. We need to work. Now, I'm using work there in its broadest sense. Its broadest sense. Whether working on a job, working out in the garden, working in church, wherever it may be, I'm using it in its broadest sense. So whatever work means, I'm talking about that. We need to work. Now, look at the passage, verse 12. And behold, Jesus says... I am coming quickly. Now watch the next part. And my reward is with me to give to everyone according to his what? Work. I am the Alpha and the Omega. The beginning and the end, the first and the last. Blessed are those who do these commandments. They may have the right to the tree of life and may enter through the gates into the city. Now here the Lord mentions his coming and in the same breath he mentions his reward. Now please understand, we do not work To become saved. We work because we are saved. The Bible says it this way in Ephesians 2. 
8 through 10. For by grace you've been saved through faith, but not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. No person can work their way to heaven. It's impossible. So we're saved by grace through faith. But don't stop reading at verse 9. Look at verse 10. I'm quoting Ephesians 2.10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. All that we do, all works, whether they're vocational, professional, career, recreational, hobbies, ministry, whatever work means at that time in your life, all of that is to be done to the honor and glory of the Lord. We often use the verse, 1 Corinthians 10, 31. Whether therefore ye eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. And so, beloved, now is not the time to throw in the towel. Now is not the time to give up. It's time to labor on realizing that one day as believers, we're going to stand at the judgment seat of Christ. The Bible talks about the judgment seat of Christ over in Corinthians. And beloved, that judgment is not for salvation. Your salvation is, is decided here when you, when you uh, receive the Lord Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, and you turn from your sin and place your faith in Him. But the believer is going to stand at the judgment seat of Christ not for salvation. No, that's already settled. We're going to stand there and our works will be, reward, will be reviewed to be rewarded, hopefully. The Bible says that some will be rewarded, some will suffer loss. And so we want to be working, whatever it is we're doing, whether we're working as being a parent or, or being a grandparent or, or we're ministering at church or working on a job or we're, we're working out in the garden or working out in the yard or, or working at a hobby or working at recreation. Vacation could be work, can it? I, I, man, I, I came home to rest and went back to work. Uh, all those things are to be done for the honor and glory of the Lord. And if ever there were a time where believers need to be working for the Lord, it's now. And you ought to be working for the Lord in your job. And, and kids, I know you're excited about going back to school in a couple of months. I can just feel the excitement. You, you do that for the honor of God. And you do it for His honor and His glory. And so while we wait, we don't just sing Kumbaya and go sit up on a mountain somewhere as nice as that might sound. It's an active wedding. We watch. We live remembering Jesus coming again. And we worship. We exalt and magnify. We don't, we don't worry. We, we worship. And we witness. We're telling everybody we know that Jesus loves you. And, and Jesus died for you. And He arose again. And He shed His blood for you. And He wants to save you from your sin and give you a home in heaven. And we work. Not for our glory, but for His glory. And we labor on for the master. Now, I love how this ends. I love how the book of Revelation ends. And therefore, I love how the Bible ends. And it's how I want to end our study of the book. I love those closing verses. The last words of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then those encouraging words at the end. And I thought that since you all have been with me in all this for all this time and what is this? I think this is 28 messages. We did the book of Revelation from the two sermon series. I thought let's end it like God ended his word and ended the book. Would you stand with me? I want us to read together those verses. And I want them to, to go out into your heart today. And I want you to think about them. The fact that he's coming and the fact that we need to do all that we're talking about today 
watching, worshiping, witnessing and working in his grace. That's how the book ends with grace. It ends with grace. Read it with me. He who testifies to these things says, surely I am coming quickly. Amen. Even so come, Lord Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Father, that is our prayer. That is our desire. Even so come, Lord Jesus. While we wait, Lord, would you help us to practice we talked about today. To watch, to worship, to witness, and to work. Not in our strength, but in your grace. May our lives be characterized by grace. The grace of God. Day by day. Week by week. Year by year. Until you come again. But Father, we pray again. Even so come, Lord Jesus. Amen. Let's close with 544 this morning. Redeemed how I love to proclaim. If you don't know Jesus today, come to him. We'd love to help you with that. Just come meet me at the front here. And I'd be happy to put you with someone who has a Bible and will share Christ with you. 544, redeemed how I love to proclaim it. Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Would you lift your voice and sing out today, 544.